Luke 2, starting at verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we approach your word this morning, we ask for the illuminating power of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would minister to us through your word proclaimed and read that we would see what you want us to see in these verses, that we would be able to apply what we take in these verses to our own Christian life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In polite social English, the language that we speak, there are some stock greetings that people use when they, when they see someone, uh, when, when they greet someone. And each of these stock of greetings has a proper response. For example, if someone were to walk up to you and say, Hi, how are you? The proper response would be to say, Good, thanks. How about you? Or, Fine. Thank you. How are you? Something like that. It usually contains an echo of what the person asked and how they greeted them. Another example, Hi, how's it going? Proper response, good, how's it going with you? Or, hi, what's new? Or, what's new with you? Proper response, uh, nothing, what's, what's new with you? Or, alternatively, in addition to that echo response, another proper response would be to use something like that to start a conversation. So if someone asked you, uh, hi, what's new with you? You could start by saying, well, uh, we're about ready to go on vacation next week, and then you could go and talk about your vacation that's coming up. Or you could say, well, um, my car didn't start this morning, and then you could go on and tell the story of how you made it to work on time that day. These were all proper responses. When we lived in Maine, I'll never forget a friend of mine introducing me to his friend because it stood out. It was so unusual. He introduced me to this, this new guy. I don't remember if his name was Mike or Mark. Or I think it was something with an M. And as we were shaking hands, I said, uh, Hi, Mark. What's new with you? 
And immediately, Mark's face kind of took on a very serious tone, and he began to um, monologue. I, there's no other way to describe it. He, he stopped shaking hands and he said, well, uh, there's nothing new in my life right now, and I don't understand why you would ask me what's new. I, I don't think there's any reason why there always has to be something new going on in, in people's lives. And this went on for about a minute. And two things happened. I remember saying, okay, and maybe kind of taking a half step back. And then I also remember thinking, he really thinks that I'm asking him literally what's new in his life. I've never met him before. Why couldn't he have just responded with the proper response and say, not much, what's up with you? Or what's new with you? Not only are there proper responses to standard English greetings, but our passage this morning te teaches us that there is a proper response to the birth of Jesus Christ. There is a proper response to the announcement that God has sent a Savior into the world. In fact, there are two proper responses on display for us this morning in this passage. And we're going to look at each one of those responses. We're going to look at the announcement. We're going to unpack a key phrase in that announcement. And then we're going to look at response one and response two. And then at the very end, we're going to move into a very practical application of this passage. So let's start at verse eight. This is the announcement. Shepherds were in the field. We know this is relatively near Bethlehem because it says in the same region. These shepherds were ordinary people and they experienced an extraordinary vision and appearance, a visible appearance of an angel and the glory of the Lord. And it says they were fearful, which is a very common response. If we were to thumb through the Bible, whenever you see an angelic appearance to someone, more often than not that they're, they're afraid. It is a very typical response. So that's why they say in verse 10, the angel says, fear not, or stop being afraid. Behold, which means pay attention, or look, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And right here, even at the birth announcement of Jesus Christ, this is way before the cross, this is way before we have uh, apostolic teaching in the New Testament, but even right here at the birth announcement, we see this ever-widening angle of redemption that, that started with the calling of one man and then his family and his line and then uh, uh, Jacob and his sons and, and Israel, and now it's, it's everybody. It's the entire world. It's not just Israel, it's all people groups, all nations, everybody. This gospel is for everyone, regardless of their, their ancestry or their ethnicity, their lineage, their place of birth, who their parents were, what language they speak, where they live, young or old. This gospel is to be proclaimed to everyone. This is the Savior of all people, not just some people. Verse 11, For unto you is born in this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the angel does not mention Jesus' name. He mentions his titles. Christ, Savior, Lord. Uh, the rest of the New Testament affirms these titles in several places. For example, Acts 2.36 let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and 
Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This is just one example. It's all over. Savior. Jesus is a Savior because he's the only one who can save people from their sins. We need saving, and Jesus is God's designated Savior. Christ. Christ is the New Testament word for the Old Testament Hebrew word Messiah, which means anointed one. Jesus is the one anointed by God to do the redemptive work and to save people from their sins. He is anointed. He is sent. And then finally, Lord. This can be used as a polite address to, to a superior, or it can be used to designate divinity, and that's how it's used in this context. He's saying, this, this child that I'm announcing is fully God. This child is equal in power and glory to God the Father. This child is one with Yahweh, the, the God that you, you know who has revealed himself to you, the God who created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. This child is, is Yahweh. This child is Lord. Well, the shepherds didn't ask for a sign, but they received one. They, they get a description and an explanation of how they will find the Savior. And then suddenly, it's not just one angel, it's a multitude, heavenly host of angels. And they were saying this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now this is the, this is the part of the announcement that we want to unpack a little bit. We want to get this one right. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And this is the correct translation. If you are my age or older, then you probably grew up hearing a lot of King James Version Bible. You probably grew up watching the old uh, classic Charlie Brown Christmas, which uses the King James Bible when Linus makes his speech. And that version says, and on earth, peace, comma, goodwill towards men. And we've got those, those translations side by side up here so we can see them. Two very different ideas communicated here. King James Version, and on earth peace. This seems to sound like it's a broad, blanket, universal peace, and then goodwill toward men, or goodwill toward all men. This, this seems like this kind of this big, joyful announcement for everybody. And then we get to the ESV, and it says, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That, that sounds more narrow. That sounds more specific. And the second one is the correct translation. The King James Version, as, as good as it was, and it was written shortly after 1600, 1611, uh, very early, and it was based on manuscripts that they had at the time. Our modern translations, like ESV or NIV, are based on uh, earlier manuscripts and more numerous manuscripts. And the difference between these two translations is one tiny little squiggly mark at the end of one word. So ESV has got it right. That's the correct translation. And so the impact it has on our understanding of this verse and this announcement is that this is not a blanket announcement. This is not some sort of uh, confetti bomb of peace on the whole world and everybody is, is the recipient of God's favor. No, this is a message that says peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. This message says there is going to be a group, a select number of people that God has favor upon, that God gracefully extends a call to those people are going to experience peace between 
themselves and God. Those people are the ones that he's going to give his favor to and the ones that he is pleased. He's pleased with those who trust in his Savior, Jesus. So we want to make sure we get that one right. Jesus did not come to the earth to bring peace. In fact, Matthew 10, 34, Jesus says this, Do not think I have come to the earth to bring peace, or bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. What does a sword do? It cuts. It divides. And the context of this verse in Matthew is Jesus teaching on how allegiance to him is above and beyond allegiance even to your family, even mothers to daughters, daughters to mothers, fathers to sons, sons to fathers. Jesus says, I've got to come first. I've got to come beyond anything you've ever experienced, any kind of loyalty that you've ever experienced or imagined on earth. I come above that. So Jesus did not come to bring peace. He came to bring division. And we've seen that over and over again. We've seen that in John. We see that throughout Scripture. We see it in Psalm 1. We see it uh, after the fall in Genesis when, when uh, God is, is pronouncing the, the curses and the promise of that, that seed of the woman. We see this all over. There are these two groups. That sword that divides humanity. That sword is Jesus Christ. So peace with God is found exclusively through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the announcement. What is the response? Let's look at response number one. Response number one is seek. Seek. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So after being told about the Christ of God, the shepherds sought out the Christ of God. That was their response. I have this announcement. I have this knowledge. The Lord has sent his Savior to the world. Now I'm going to go seek that Savior. And they went with haste, it says, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. So as soon as they were aware that God has sent his Savior into the world, they went with haste. They went quickly. They hurried to go see this thing. Imagine if after hearing this announcement, the shepherds just went back to tending sheep. Verse 15, when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said, said to one another, let's, let's head on back to the sheep. Uh, this, this doesn't really sound that noteworthy. Um, doesn't sound very time sensitive. In fact, I don't even feel like checking it out. Let's just go back to tending our sheep. That would be very strange indeed. Uh, no, they, they didn't do that. They, they immediately sought out Jesus. And this is the proper response to God revealing his son. The reality is, everyone is aware that there is a God. Romans 1, 19-20 For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his external power and divine nature had been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So the proper response of anyone who is alive, the proper response for anyone who, who exists in this world is to seek out the God of creation, to seek out the God 
who has made it plain to all of us that he exists through general revelation, we're to seek God out. Every single person who's lived since the creation of the world should be seeking God out. How much more so now, in 2023, 2,000 years after the cross, we are told specifically how to seek God out. We are told the manner in which we are to seek him. We are to turn in faith to Jesus. God tells us, this is how you are to seek me. This is how you are to come to me. Turn to Christ, the Savior, the Lord. We seek God out by repenting of our sin and turning to his Son in faith. That's the correct response. As quickly as possible. As quickly as possible, the shepherds said, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. They went with haste, which means they hurried. They went, they went quickly. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and just so that you know, Christmas and Easter are some of the higher attendance Sundays because we get people that sometimes that's the only days where they come to, to church, around Christmas or Easter. So there's a high probability in, in this local church and many local churches throughout the world that there are probably some people that aren't all in with faith in Christ. So if you're not a follower of Christ, you need to know that there is no other proper response to the good news of Jesus Christ. The proper response is to seek him quickly, make haste. When God reveals to someone, like he is right now to us, that he has sent his son into the world to be savior, you need to move with haste. When God arrests your attention and you realize that without Christ you stand before God as a sinner bound for hell, but if you confess and repent your sin and turn to Jesus Christ in faith, God will forgive your sin. He will draw you into his kingdom he will receive you. He will accept you. He will count you as righteous, not because you are, but based on the righteousness of Christ. You need to hurry. This isn't a time to push the message aside and, and go back to tending sheep. This is a time to say, let's go. Let's make haste. This is a time for you to do business with God in your heart. So the good news is no matter who you are, when you see God through faith in his son, he will forgive you. And you will be counted among those in verse 14. You will be counted among those with whom he is pleased. So if you've not ever put your faith in Christ, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you are worshiping and following the Christ of Christmas for the first time in your life. Today could be the day, the first day, where you have been counted among those with whom God is pleased, if you repent and believe in Jesus Christ. So response number one, seek. Response number two, proclaim. Proclaim. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. After seeing Jesus, after confirming that everything the angels told them was true, they proclaimed the message. They, they told people what they saw, what they heard, what the message was concerning the child. Once you have come to faith in Christ, 
God confirms in your heart everything the Bible says about Christ is true, and the proper response at that time is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to other people. That's our proper response as believers. Once you've been forgiven, once you realize how much grace God has shown you, once God gives you new spiritual birth, a new regenerated heart that, that loves God and hates sin, once you've made a public profession of faith, you've been baptized, you're coming to the Lord's table, you're joining the church, you're growing in knowledge and faith, once your spiritual eyes have been opened to the things of God, the proper response is to tell others. It's hard to imagine keeping this to ourselves. For those of you who are married and have kids, do you remember when you had your first child and it was in that time period when you knew you were pregnant but it was still early on so you didn't want to tell everyone so it was kind of like your, your secret for a while. Remember how hard that was to share? It, it was like right here. It was on the tip of your tongue and you had to check yourself. Mm, not yet. But then once it was time, you couldn't wait to tell everybody. you tell everybody you knew with joy. So it is with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, then the proper response to God's grace in your life is to proclaim the things of God. <clears throat> Excuse me. The proper response is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Now I can see somebody raising a hand of objection right here and saying, well, I agree with that, but, and that's good for you, I mean, you're a pastor and everything, but, you know, I'm just not that gifted in that area. I'm not a skilled communicator. I, I don't know. I'm just, it kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, I'm not really called to that. Um, I just, I'm not very good at, at proclaiming or, or sharing my faith. So I don't really feel like I'm up to the task. In reply, I would ask, were the shepherds gifted communicators? They spent their time with animals. They, they spent their time out in a field away from people. Were the shepherds seminary trained? No, not by a long shot. I seriously doubt that they had attended one day of school. They were most likely illiterate. So the answer is, if a rough and ready shepherd can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, anyone can. That's the good news. Anyone can. If you're a follower of Christ, then you are to proclaim the good news of Christ. Now I want to move to the, the final part of this message. I said extremely practical application. Here it is. And I want to challenge you to use this with family and friends at, at Christmas gatherings. I've used it with strangers, so you can use it with family. And it's very simple. It's called the three-point shift, one, two, three. And the beauty of this particular evangelistic tool or proclamation tool is that it takes advantages of people's natural inclinations to follow polite social language rules. Okay, when we greet someone and we say, hi, how are you? The very natural, proper response is to say, good, thanks, how are you? It's to echo, it's to reciprocate. So here's how it works. One, you're talking with someone about anything. That's pretty easy. Number two, you change the conversation by asking them a question that you're going to work in your response in when they ask you 
the same question back. And then number three, you talk about Jesus in your faith. So here's an example. You're talking with someone. Maybe you're talking about last summer's vacation. It could be anything. And then as you're talking to someone, that's number one. Number two, ask a question like, what are you doing this weekend? And then you politely listen for their response, whatever it is. And then most likely they're going to say, how about you? What are you doing this weekend? But even if they don't ask you, you're well within normal limits to say, well, I'm, and talk about your plans for this weekend. You say, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. And our pastor's right in the middle of a sermon series through the Gospel of John. Did you realize how often the Gospel is in John? It's all over the place. There are times when Jesus comes right out and says, you must believe in me for eternal life. Boom, you're talking about the Gospel. That's it. You're there. Another example. One, maybe you're sitting around a family gathering at Christmas and you're talking about the pros and cons of cooking a turkey in an oven versus smoking it versus deep frying it, whatever, it doesn't matter. And you ask, so do you have any New Year's resolutions? Do you have any goals for this year? And you politely listen to them, tell them to, how much weight they want to lose or whether they want to start a gym or you know, whatever it is. And then they will probably ask, how about you? What about your goals? And even if they don't, you're well within normal limits to say, well, this year I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Or I'm going to start a Bible study on the order of salvation. Or I'm going to start on, on fill in the blank. And all of a sudden you're talking about the gospel and you can deliver the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. One, two, three. If a shepherd can do it, we can do it. Is there any reason why you would not want to proclaim Christ at Christmas? I can't think of any. When it comes to proper responses, the shepherds get it right. As soon as they were aware of God's Savior, they made haste to seek the Christ. Once they found the Christ and saw that everything was true, they proclaimed Christ. These are the proper responses to God's revelation and to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let this Christmas be one of honoring and glorifying God with a proper response to either what God has shown you or what God has done for you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, into the world. We are sinners and we need saving and we are thankful that you gave us a Savior. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who has never fully repented and believed, I pray that they would do that today. That they would do business with you in their heart. That they would confess their sins and trust in Christ alone for their salvation. And Father, for those of us who have experienced your grace, for those who are repenting and believing in your sent one, Jesus Christ, would you enable us to proclaim with boldness and with joy the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.